millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tonight on Irrational Fear, Apple announces its most magical, revolutionary, and yet impossibly small tax bill to date. And the world is in mourning after the terrorist attacks in Brussels, Germany put flags at half-mast, the English Parliament had a moment of silence, and America has moved its scheduled mass shooting until next week. And 50% of New Zealanders have chosen by referendum to keep the Union Jack in their national flag. The results, however, of the referendum to keep Russell Crowe are too close to call. With the news you should be scared of, this is a rational fear. Our fear mongers tonight are Andy Matthews, who you may recognise from one of YouTube's least successful comedy shows, but dare I say, (laughs) one of the best Australian sketch comedy shows we've ever had. Thank you. Australia, get it up here. Cheers. Yes, you might also recognise me from Australia's most controversial ad series right now. (laughs) But let's not talk about that. No, we're, we're not nimble enough to talk about that. No, exactly. No, we should pivot to should our... Leave, it, leave our, it alone. <laughs> yeah, very subtle segue. Our, our second fear monger tonight is Oz Faruqi. Thanks for joining us. Who you may know from um, from Twitter, of all things. Oh, the, the venerable pages of Oniswa, the Sydney Uni magazine, this week. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. You're in you're in Oniswa this weekend? Apparently I am. Years after leaving university and graduating from student politics and student media, they've decided to do a very kind profile on me. There you go. Were you like, gee, I could really use this while at university? There were some serious uh, uh, chicks that would be really impressed yeah. with it. Yeah, and now I'm like 10 years older than all of them, so I think it would just be creepy for me to rock up onto campus holding up the you know, the copy of Oniswa next to my face, wandering around saying, I'm this guy, I'm this guy. As a Melbourne guy, I'm going to tell you, that's the first time I've heard those words pronounced, and I, until this very second, thought it was Honoi Soit. <laughs> Classic Melbourne, yeah. 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 Honoi Soit. <laughs> that sounds like a procedure you would have if something inside you went wrong. Yeah. Yeah, like if you're from Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Something scary. inside of me is very 
wrong, guys. That's very unkind to our Melbourne listeners. Welcome to Irrational Fear. Let's get straight into it. Uh, Andy Matthews, what is making you scared this week? Oh, look, I'm uh, cats. You know, that's (laughs) that's my my issue. No, uh, um, Toxoplasma gondii. Hmm, hmm. Have you heard about this guy? Terrifying parasite that messes uh, with you. Okay, so like it's a... uh, Hang on, toxo... It's Toxoplasma gondii, also known as toxoplasmosis. And it's a disease that you get from cat feces. It's oh, a parasite. Right. I thought it was like Sony's new TV series. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it sounds good. It's gripping. So, um, so cats poo and it's got something evil in it. Yeah. So there's this disease that sort of comes. Uh, it's got this incredible life cycle that sort of goes through rats and then through cats and then out uh, in cat's feces, which presumably gets eaten by rats again. But it's very easy for it to get into uh, the human uh, bloodstream where it gets into your brain and doesn't have many negative effects, right? Although there have been some studies linking it to schizophrenia (laughs) and also, as of today, a study linking it to something called uh, intermittent explosive disorder. (laughs) If I needed just one more reason to hate cats. Yeah. (laughs) So what's intermittent explosive? Does it make it combust? It it, it sounds like that, right? Like it's otherwise known as IED, right? Like uh, improvised explosive device. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of it uh, in Afghanistan. It's a sort of a rage syndrome. It's like adults who have like uncontrollable and unpredictable rage outbursts. If you, they've done studies and you are, if you have those outbursts, you are twice as likely to have had this toxoplasmosis at some stage. So there's a correlation there. That is really scary. Yeah. That's actually something that um, I, you know, I, I know, look, I'm not a cat guy. I don't like cats. I looked after Kirsten's, Kirsten Drysdale's house for about a month this year and she has a, a street cat that she is, it's required that everybody who looks after her house also looks after the no, cat no 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 she doesn't you, you, you've just been feeding some random cat that's <laughs> a stray cat you've brought into yeah. your house yeah this, um, this, this disease though like I've, I've heard studies as well that indicate that something like one in three Brazilians are actually infected with this parasite no, just 30% of people yeah, have yeah it. Well, across the, across the across world. the right. globe so it's kind of like herpes like you know a lot of people have got it no no one really cares. Uh, yeah, I don't know why exactly. I said about Brazilians, and I'm sorry. I was some reason that stuck in my <laughs> mind. Maybe they're aggressive. Or is that the idea? Uh, you you just only exclusively read the Brazilian medical magazines <laughs> for their All flowery my language. Are from Brazil. They're incredible now, communicators. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is like people who have like road rage and uh, you know sort of violent outbursts. Can we just assume that all of ISIS it, are riddled with this disease? It could be. You've solved the mystery of ISIS. <laughs> There's a lot of cats in Egypt. I don't know. Terrier, big in Persian culture. Yeah. It's not crazy. I mean, it sounds crazy, <laughs> but right? It's possible. But yeah, and like crazy cat ladies, just, there's a the, correlation. The intermittently explosive cat ladies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the great bit of it is, though, that like next time you see someone with road rage, right, you know that that means there's a higher chance that they have toxoplasmosis, which means that there's a higher chance that they have cat feces in their diet. <laughs> right? So, like, when you see these awful people, just know that they're shit eaters. I love the idea of being cut off, uh, someone having a go at me, then yeah. me winding out the window, going, sorry, excuse me, sorry, I'm, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Just question... Do you, have any, do you have a cat? Do you have a cat? Do you have a cat? Have a cat? Are you a cat guy? Are you eating shit? Like, is that what's going on here? Are you eating your cat shit? But, I mean, how bad are cats? We've got this toxoplasmosis gondii, but there was this other story a couple of days ago that they kill something like 18 million native animals in Australia a year. 
and I guess we know why because now they're, they're angry and they're infected with this parasite but you know like I mean I certainly am not a cat person I just think the reasons to get rid of all cats are stacking up it's yeah. about time someone did something about it no, I agree we should build a wall and get them to pay for it yeah. get the cats to pay for it and sure look, I'm sure the cat lobby will have their say they want to put a little cat flap inside the wall oh, cats will love a wall they'll just walk along the top sort of waving their tails showing you their ass in a really sort of aggressive mm, yeah, way true. They're always... so cat parasite number one danger this week yeah absolutely terrifying yeah. Oz, what's your, uh, what's, what should we be scared of this week? Well, yeah, mine is Donald Trump's hair. You know, it's, it might not sound as terrifying as a, as a cat parasite, but it is quite dangerous and pops up in unexpected places. So <laughs> we had, you know, woefully underreported, as far as I'm aware, um, an incident where the national newspaper, the only broadsheet left in the country, ran a story, I think, on page three or four. Something sort of innocuous, kind of boring, liberal preference arrangements in the lead up to the federal election with a nice picture of John Howard because I had a quote. But somehow the photo that they published of our former Prime Minister, Mr. Howard, was a photoshopped image that replaced his bold scalp with a Donald Trump's hair, of all things. So, I mean, I saw Mumbrella did a little thing on it and sort of pointed out how the hell did this happen. I did not see any other publication pick up on the extraordinary fact that the hair had made all the way to Australia. I know the times in media are bad and, you know, there are job cuts everywhere, but does this mean they're not paying for AAP images and that they're just going to Google image to find their sources to put into the paper? Where's the where's the fact-checking? Where's the scrutiny? Where's the levels of editorial process that you come to expect? Well, I don't, I think, <laughs> I don't do think there is an editorial process <laughs> that involves checking if the person has the right hair. I mean, that is a gap anything could fall through it's not previously been an issue in the I mean, news media you don't think you don't think that john howard we know who he is he was prime minister for a decade we know that he's got no fucking hair you don't think when he appeared with hair with hair that has been on one of the most well-known presidential candidates in america that someone <laughs> thought something's amiss how did the guy with no hair get that guy's hair but how do we also know that john howard didn't go to like a dress-up party and his intention at that point was to dress up like Donald Trump and that, that photo was taken in situ at that sure. party. I mean, I love the idea that our former Prime Minister is going to dress up parties, dressing up as lunatic Republican candidates. And well, that, really, what would the theme have been in that party? You know, it might have been like an apprentice theme. Yeah, right? yeah that's true. Yeah. It's, it's possible that, like, Trump's hair is so loosely associated with his own head mm. that even in photographs it can sort of slip yeah, and yeah. it could have just fallen down the page. Actually, I'm going to cheat, Dan, because I think there's another story that did, did get a bit of a run this week, but um, something we should be terrified of, and that's political sitcoms coming to life, right? So it's the extraordinary story of um, mm. the Veep slogan, you know, Veep, a funny political comedy out of America. The slogan for their presidential candidate in the show, Selena Myers, is continuity with change, <laughs> which is word for word what Malcolm Turnbull launched his campaign with earlier this week. Yeah, Selena Meyer had it plastered on the side of her mm. bus, continuity <laughs> with change, and then Malcolm Turnbull has been hawking that as a theme to make sure that people are on board with him as Prime Minister. Extraordinary situation where all the writers of that show were also associated with, you know, classic comedies like The Thick of It coming out and saying this is just bizarre. Yeah. It does warm my heart when, like, Simon Blackwell and Timothy and Matt Walsh and uh, uh, and L- Julie Louis Dreyfus yeah, yeah. are mentioning our Prime Minister. Somehow I feel like they're mentioning oh, me. It's, a, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an Australian pride thing. It happens all the time. Like, even when we have, like, a shocking crime. If it makes it onto the world news, there's just a little feeling that you get like, yeah. We've done it. We're being counted. <laughs> like, that's that's really funny. Like one of my one of my favorite stories was a couple of years ago, two Aussie guys who were working in a ski lodge uh, in Colorado oh, went these are the and burglars? robbed a bank. <laughs> 
And they knew they were Australian because of their accent. Yeah. Yeah. And also they took photos of themselves with the money. With the money. <laughs> and I was like, and all I could think of was, oh, how Aussie is that? That is cashed up bogan. Yeah. 101. Um, you know, one of the worst, I mean, it, you know, continuity and change is not really, you know, one of the worst mm-hmm. ever political slogans in real life. Uh, I think it was Jimmy Carter had one in 1963 and his was Jimmy Carter more than peanuts. <laughs> Can't be real. That was actually no, a slogan. Absolutely true. Cause Jimmy Carter comic or the food peanut. <laughs> well, he, like Jimmy Carter was a massive Charlie Brown fan. I'm I'm better than this comic strip. I don't... No, Jimmy Carter he was uh, a peanut farmer. Was uh, he was a peanut farmer? He right, got discharged right. from the navy and was renowned for taking over his family's peanut farm. And that's what he, that's what the media narrative was, you know. And so to disrupt that, he met it head on and was like, "I'm more than peanuts." Was this was this the election that he won, or the one that he then subsequently lost? I think this was must have been the one he won because yeah. you, you wouldn't need to <laughs> readjust your, your narrative. Year. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could say something like term. strong on health, tough yeah, on crime. Yeah. You know, uh, if at the end of his deficit. first term people are still thinking Jimmy Carter, he's just peanuts. <laughs> forget it, you've lost. Yeah, it's all over for you. Yeah, what's the? How would you how would you localize that? Like, what, what does that mean for so someone who's associated with something? So Abbott's slogan would have been Tony Abbott, not just. A dickhead, right? You can't really see it translating. No, he would have been strong on onions. <laughs> <laughs> not not just an onion eater. Yeah, yeah. Many layers. Yeah. No, it's just that that continuity and change thing. It's amazing. It is totally meaningless. Like that's what they wanted it to be, mm. right? And that's what it was because it's just one thing you like, another thing you might also like. <laughs> You know, stuff and also other stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting because, like, when you think about how these parties are coming up with these slogans, that is kind of the process. It's like we've got to come up with something people like but also something that no one hates. So it's not mm. surprising we kind of end up with the vacuous process of the way that TV writers, you know, might approach mm-hmm. something as well. The one no offence to TV writers. <laughs> You're sitting with two of them. It's okay. <laughs> None offence taken. I think one of the strangest ones from Australian history was Go for Growth, which was John Howard's one. In, in his re- he won on Go for Growth. But Go for Growth is such a such a. It, strange... Those sounds don't feel good in your mouth. Yeah. Like I tell you, like it does, like Go, go for, for growth. growth. And it's so well, perplexing and baffling. Like it, it... What does it mean? I actually don't know what it means now. Yeah, what's he, what's he talking about? What's he wanting us to do? The, the one that stands out in my mind, but maybe just because I'm, I'm, I'm younger, is Julie Gillard's moving forward slogan. Like, I mean, mm. again, that could have been something ripped straight out of Veep. But moving forward seems to be so ubiquitous across many elections around yeah. the world. Yeah. How many times have you seen it in in elections all around the world? Like, it seems everybody loves a bit of a moving forward. Or... Like, I mean, exactly. What is the opposite of it? Like, going backwards. Like, no one wants to do that. It, <laughs> it means literally nothing. It just means we're going to keep doing stuff that's already happening. Yeah. We are embodying time itself. Yeah. Yes. Exactly, exactly. The natural the process. Ine- of the... inexorable <laughs> dr- pull of entropy <laughs> as we all move towards the heat death of the universe. I mean, maybe that's what John Howard was going for with growth. It was the gr- inevitable growth of the universe. Expansion, you know, yes. Go, you just... You know, suck it up, go with it. What are you going to do? Where is personal growth? Maybe he was just feeling yeah. small. Yeah. <laughs> How it is. yeah. He was feeling threatened by maybe an mm. election challenge mm. by, uh, by Peter Costello. And he's like, uh, you know what? I, I just need to, you know, get better. Uh, be, be a better person. Yeah, personal growth. So, yeah. Yeah, so could it not focus I'm going to read a lot more. The, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Elections, what about the election to elect myself, you know? Like, <laughs> 
I need to be the Prime Minister of my own life. Yeah. Before I can be the Prime Minister of Australia. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to do your impersonation. I've got no connection with what John Howard actually sounded like. Well, the problem is I think my, my impersonation sounds like the people who lead this country is one big homogenous mess. So mm. I think it almost sounds like uh, Bob Hawke, John Howard uh, and Tony Abbott rolled into one. Bob, yeah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, and Alan Jones in there as well. Um, Good boy. That's literally a noise that they do, that kind of amorphous uh, yeah. But, you know, some, you know when here's the thing about John Howard, right? I, I may not necessarily have agreed with his politics whilst, while he was in, in office, but something about the current run of Prime Ministers makes me long for the stability of a man who seems to give no fucks and understand exactly what was going on in the world. Mm. And I feel like that's what John Howard did. He was like, look, I'm going to lead from principle. Here's what I reckon. Uh, on, on balance, I think these things are right. Whereas, you know, you had Abbott, who was so ideologically driven, Kevin, who was so driven by his own... In between, it's just like, God, I wish we had some stability. That's right. And, like, you know, in this kind of dangerous era that we all live in, at least, at least with John Howard, you knew what you were getting and he was there and he was, you know, fighting the wars. But right now, I mean, ISIS have seen off three Australian prime ministers. Like, you know, we're, dro- we're dropping bombs on Syria and Iraq. Do you think, do you think, do you think they're panicked? They're like, well, sure, they can drop their bombs, but there'll probably be another prime minister by July. Do you reckon, do you reckon they, they're the ones who are the experts in regime change? I mean, they have toppled so many of our leaders. I like that Al Baghdadi's like, excellent, we have managed to get another Australian Prime Minister. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to topple that country but eventually. He's messed up, actually, when you think about it, that the caliphate, whatever that kind of blob of Syria and Iraq is, has had a more stable leadership over the past three years than Australia has. You know, we've had three prime ministers in that period and they've had so, one bloke. Yeah, look, we, we, like, mostly like we had, we had Rudd who like, promised a lot of stuff and gave people a lot of hope, right? Implemented those things and then it went to shit and they... Pull that out of a whole lot of their ideas. Yep. We had Gillard. Gillard, and I don't have one for her. Well, uh, <laughs> you know why you don't have one for her? Gillard pa- passed more legislation than any prime minister before. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, which is amazing. And no one knows what it is. Uh, yeah, so she <laughs> did no, lots no of stuff knew, and nobody no one knew, knew about. Nobody it. knew about it. She nobody did a lot of stuff. It. Nobody knew she about. She didn't it. really say much. Yeah. Uh, then we had Abbott, who said what he had to say to get elected, and then tried to do the opposite, and then none of that worked because he couldn't get it through. Yeah. And now we've got. Turnbull, who, who told us a whole lot of stuff that he believed in once upon a time, we thought we were going to get that, and now he has no intention of doing it. Like, so, which is why, of course, you look back on Howard fondly, because he said what he wanted to do, and then he did it. Yeah. It's actually a very cogent analysis, you know. It's not, it wasn't funny, it was just spot on and bleak. Well done. Cogent. Yeah, but uh, just imagine an arena full of people applauding right now. <laughs> you know, that is what we would do exactly. at a normal, irrational fear show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I mean, that's a, a spot-on, you know, sample of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, the story that I would like to bring to the table that I think uh, is quite scary is Ted Cruz has promised to instigate surveillance of Muslim communities in America. He wants to secure and patrol Muslim neighbourhoods. Yeah, isn't that, that, that... To me, that sounds crazy in terms of in terms of what he's trying to do. I mean, it actually, the NSA would say, actually says it's logistically impossible. Yeah. Uh, which is which is incredible. And which I, th- I applaud him for his ambition. <laughs> You know, like everyone's so petty and small-minded these days. No, you know, when Kennedy said shoot for the moon, that was pretty hard. Yeah. Now he's actually putting out there something that's even harder than that. This is impossible. It's impossible. It's a modern-day space program. Yeah. It? It is. <laughs> we need ambitions. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't even, I'm not even sure, I wasn't aware that Muslims in America lived in kind of ghettoized communities. My understanding is tend to be quite middle, middle class, upper middle class folk living all around, you know, suburbs, cities, urban areas, regional mm. areas. How do you physically patrol them? Well, this uh, is I've got I, a plan. Before this decade is out, we will put Muslims on the moon. <laughs> Uh, and if Ted Cruz has his way, all of them. Yeah. Yeah, just blast them to space. Bloody hell. And they're like, this is the guy who's apparently supposed to be the alternative to Donald Trump, right? It's fucking ballistic. Well, I've, I've actually met Ted Cruz. He's got very beautiful eyes. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, I, I think he looks like a sad Muppet. That's like whatever I see yeah. when I... That's, a, that's a really interesting. I feel like every time he's about to speak, he's almost crying. He looks bleak. Like, it's like he looks... He, get, he gets to the podium or goes, sits down for an interview, realises and is reminded of who he is. Mm. gets incredibly sad about it and he just can't stop himself looking like that. Shall we move forward and think about things that are going to scare us uh, next week? Are we looking at a contested or brokered convention for the RNC? What do you think, Andy? (laughs) Fuck, I've got no idea, mate. US politics (laughs) questions thrown right at you. I really, like, I I I felt that coming and there was a 50-50 if you were going to throw it to me or Oz. And when it hit me full in the face... Let me start it again. Are we looking at a contested or brokered convention, Oz? <laughs> I think. Um, Thank you. Look, ultimately, the question is going to be for the for the GOP, the, the Republican establishment. Can they suck it up and live with Donald Trump, or will they tear him down and try and replace him with someone else? I mean, the problem for them is if they if Donald Trump ends up winning, you know, a big chunk of the delegates and having that primary support, and then they knife him. What does that mean? Does that mean he's like kind of a Godzilla, free to wreak havoc across the country on his own? Well, that, that would be really entertaining. It would be a great film. Uh, do you know, here's a great thing about the RNC, that these laws, these, these are just rules. They're just but, rules. And, and so they're, they're not, like, they're the not enforced by law. Yeah. And so they can actually go through and change the law <laughs> or change their rules to not even allow Donald Trump but to then, enter into the RNC at all. So who is it who changes these rules? Like, so they must have some party base yeah, who would some vote. Some sort of party committee that decides yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, uh, it's the RNC, the, so the Republican like National Committee. With the student representative, the SRC, when I was yeah, at yeah. high school, yeah. right, like all the students voted. And then the teachers decided, so they held, you know, they held the power to decide whether or not actually those votes yeah. went through. Like, How do they do it at Honnett Swat? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not going to hear a bad word against that venerable publication you know, for the rest of the day, at least. Um, Whoever can pronounce the name of the thing gets in. But I mean, I mean, like that's the interesting question. Like, you know, sorry to get all serious for a second, but you're right. I mean, they could make up, they could just change the rules and say, actually, well. All of a sudden, doesn't matter who voted for you. We're just deciding who the presidential candidate is. But you know, the problem for the RNC is millions of Americans are voting for Trump, and whether they like it or not, they can change the rules. But it's probably going to make people more angry, right, as, as to the outcome. But proportionally of, of all Americans, it's still a very small amount. Yeah. But it's still a proportion. It's still a pretty good sample of the Republican voters who've managed to get people elected in the past. Ted Cruz, he's, he's supposed to be the Tea Party guy, right? Yeah. And so if, he if, was if, the revolution, right? And then is is Trump's is like Trump, is, the, Trump, is he the Trump, counter-revolution? It's like, the thing about Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz is the Tea Party guy, but he didn't go far enough right to meet the Tea Party where they really? lie. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. he's pretty far right. <laughs> yeah. So tr- Trump embodies all of that and everything. Here's my, th- I mean, here's my theory, and Lewis mentioned this last week, but this is my theory. I honestly think that Trump is being so contradictory because he knows whatever he says will 
in in today's age will feed into whatever mm. whatever media consumption yeah. streams you live in. Yeah. So if you say something, and there you are like, so many streams, aren't there? Like you you just you just sit there and you just bathe in your one stream. Yeah, and that's all you hear. He's not A B testing. He's A to Z testing. Yeah, and. and I've heard this rumour that he's actually, not a rumour, I shouldn't say that, it's a theory, um, that he's trying to get out of the race by saying these crazy idiotic things, but every time he doubles down, people love it. Like, he goes out, he's like, all right, I've had enough of this, I want to go back to being a businessman, I've got a gorgeous family I want to hang out with, let's, you know, lock up all Muslims or just ban anyone who's brand coming to America, and the polls double for him, and it turns out 60% of the Republicans support it. He just can't extricate himself from this race. Turns out there are enough crazy idiots yeah. that the crazy idiotic things are really resonating. <laughs> All right, wrapping up. What should we be scared about next week, Andy? Oh, just more Corey Bernardian impersonators. <laughs> like impersonators. He, yeah, well, he's been claiming now <laughs> that are some they of these do a tight five daily open mic. Some or? of these emails that people he, people have been receiving, you know, that they apparently from him, he's been saying, well, actually, no, that's a that's an impersonator, which never before you would have thought there was much uh, a call for it, but. <laughs> Who, I, I can't imagine that even Corey Bernardi wants to be Corey Bernardi. Who are these other people who are stepping into his shoes? It'll be fixed when he goes to the UN. He'll learn about the whole world by then. Yeah. Uh, Oz, what should we be scared about next week? Yeah, this is cheating again, but I still think it's Donald Trump's hair. Like, it's yeah. made its way to Australia, and he's, as we've just talked about, killing it in the polls, and he's going to keep on going up. So, you know, keep your eyes open. And I'm going to be scared about the day that Bill Shorten actually lands a zinger, like does a, like a setup, <laughs> a, a punchline, and then maybe a topper. <laughs> You know, in, rather than doing three or four different setups. Yeah. And yeah, then, then, the, them. Yeah, yeah. And then the punchline being something completely obtuse. It's got the kind of apocalyptic power of the planets aligning, doesn't it? <laughs> if he's able to get all of that together, what are the chances? He just, he just mixes a lot of metaphors. Like, he'll just say, oh, you know, the Liberal Party seemed to be using salt to rub into a hundred-mile race. <laughs> Ultimately landing a magic silver bullet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, does it even? What are you doing? We, Andy, you should go right for him. It's probably better than the checkout. You know, I've, it's, it's, it's crazy that I have some small part of my brain that is still, every time I write a joke or do anything, it's like, what does this mean for my future political career? <laughs> like, I, I, I can't, I've got to let it go. I've got to let it go because it's never going to happen. And it's, uh, it's frankly, it's arrogant and insane. Oz Ricky, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Andy Matthews, thank you for being a fearmonger. Uh, thank you so much for being uh, the guy who had me here. <laughs> I thought I was about to say thank you so much for being here. I was automatically I defaulted to host mode. How, how can people catch you? Uh, they can uh, come and see me at the Comedy Festival, Melbourne International Comedy Festival, um, from the 7th to the 17th of April. I've got two shows. I've got a show called Logistical Nightmare with very funny Matt Stewart. Uh, this is a stand-up show, and then I've got a weird story science fiction show, um, uh, late night uh, called Plenty. And you also uh, have a great, a great uh, not often updated podcast called Two in the Think Tank. Two in the Think Tank. Which is one of my favourite Australian comedy podcasts. Thank you. And you've, we've also got the, you know, the sketch show uh, Australia Get It Up Here if you want to watch that and check out Stupid Old Channel and all sorts of things I'm involved in. Uh, Noz, where can people catch you? Yeah, I'll be at the Melbourne International Comedy. No, I'm not going to be performing. <laughs> you can just follow me on Twitter at Oz underscore F. I'll be dropping funny sentences, owns and a bit of political trivia. And my name's Dan Ellick, and we'll catch you next week on Irrational Fear, because there's always something to be scared of. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.